This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. When P.J. Thielen talks about the company's software and hardware, he focuses almost entirely on the experiences they enable and deliver, as opposed to the features and specs of the technology. It's refreshing, because a lot of the conversation and marketing around outdoor displays for directories, wayfinding, and advertising has been, at least in recent years, about how they were more than just screens, but they were smart city devices that did a variety of things, including Wi-Fi connectivity and IoT sensors. Thielen went so far as rebranding the company he now runs from SmartLink to RoveIQ, getting away from the heavily used Smart Moniker and emphasizing how Rove speaks to enabling people to navigate a space with intelligent, the IQBet guidance. The company has a CMS, sophisticated mapping, an ad server, and analytics capabilities, all designed to help people find their way around big places. The early adopters have been commercial properties, like mixed-use lifestyle developments. In many to most cases, those are wayfinding directories with mapping supported by advertising. But Thielen sees a lot of possibilities working with large footprint healthcare, helping people find their way around sprawling medical campuses. There would be physical screens providing guidance, but in his vision, RoveIQ guides people from the time they park in a hospital garage all the way to a specific building, floor, and waiting room. PJ, thank you for joining me. Can you tell me what Rove IQ is all about? Yeah, so well, Rove IQ um, is a kind of really emphasizes smart kiosk and wayfinding software solutions. Um, you know, we kind of uh, just rebranded our organization from SmartLink to Rove IQ, mm-hmm. and uh, Dave, a big reason for that was uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, our new name. Uh, better aligned with the solutions that we bring to market and the value that we provide for both our customers and partners. Mm. The word rove, it's the whole idea of wandering, discovering, et cetera. But the IQ element is to do it in an intelligent fashion. So you have a very efficient and enjoyable experience. All right. So if, uh, if somebody listening to this was trying to visualize what you do, the, 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 the visual that would immediately spring to mind would be a display totem outside in a public plaza or something like that with a directory or mapping, correct? Yeah, without a doubt. So I always use the analogy, Dave, that it's uh, pretend that you're going to a place for the first time. You're mm-hmm. not quite sure where you are or what is around you. So you leverage the hardware and our software to uh, understand what is available. And then ultimately uh, leveraging the uh, either the kiosk experience or the mobile experience, it allows you to essentially get to where you want to go, leveraging a, a blue dot scenario, which obviously is our wayfinding software. Blue dot scenario. What do you mean by that? Or is that just the name of the software itself? No, that, that's just kind of the analogy I use, Dave, where 
it kind of, uh, you know, if you think about where you are and let's just say hypothetically, you want to go to a restaurant, the mm -hmm. dots correlate to the path that you need to take to gotcha. go from where you are to where you ultimately want to go. Right. Um, the, the name, the old name SmartLink kind of connoted the whole idea of smart cities and uh, th there were all kinds of companies coming up with uh, smart city kiosks in the last decade or so. And I don't necessarily see a lot of traction for those sorts of things. Is that kind of driving this as well, that if you better kind of focused on the whole idea of guiding people as opposed to saying, this is this station that'll do all these other things to, to help cities become smarter? Yeah, you know, when we took a step back, you know, Rove IQ is a software company. It just mm -hmm. so happens it needs a hardware platform to promote the value that we drive on a day in, day out basis. So, you know, in our minds, you know, smart uh, was uh, widely used. It didn't necessarily correlate to exactly what we do today and where we're going tomorrow. Uh, from a search engine optimization perspective, it, it was, uh, you know, it was tough just because there's so many smart this, smart that. Mm -hmm. As Rove IQ continues to grow, you know, we're growing more and more into other verticals beyond just the smart city. Mm -hmm. uh, so bottom line is we wanted a name that, that more appropriately aligned with who we are and what we're doing on a day in, day out basis. And it just made sense. Right. Uh, it was a great exercise. It's about a six month long exercise with a phenomenal local company here called Brand Fuel. And uh, we're very happy with the results. So there seems to be two kind of threads of these kinds of outdoor street furniture displays. There are those that uh, shopping malls and, uh, you know, community business districts, that sort of thing, put in to help people find their way around uh, to, to rove and, you know, rove intelligently. And then there are those that uh, are there primarily as advertising, but, oh, by the way, you can also, there's also a directory or there's also some sort of a lookup thing, but it exists for advertising. Do, do, do you kind of go down one path or the other or is you, you serve both? Yeah, it's a great question. And we, and we definitely serve both. Uh, but there is no doubt the emphasis of our software is around creating experiences. Mm -hmm. Experiences that uh, a visitor or a resident uh, is wanting to have or is not expecting and ultimately has which generates this, uh, this great feeling. But, um, you know, our software, which we consider a platform, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it is a, a content management solution. Uh, it has the ability to be an ad server, which allows you to download and upload ads as well as schedule ads. Then it has this third element around data analytics and reporting. So we feel like we have, you know, some of the best software out there, but there is no doubt at the end of the day, we're trying to promote more experiences as compared to just ads. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, a, a big part of the ROI from a customer perspective is that digital out of home ad opportunity. Right. And post COVID that's growing significantly, which is creating great opportunities. And ultimately whether, regardless of the, the venue and the scenario, something's got to pay for the thing. Right. So that, that's why advertising tends to come into play? Yeah. You know, we always say there's there's hard and soft ROI in terms of your investment in Rove IQ. Mm -hmm. The soft is the experiences that both the, 
you know, the customer, the resident, the visitor, you know, kind of incurs on a per visit basis. And, you know, how do you measure that? Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, it is the digital out of home ads, uh, you know, based on whatever DMA uh, that property or the city resides in that kind of correlates to how big of an opportunity that is. And then the third element, which is uh, in my mind is still fairly immature, but it's, you know, it's becoming more relevant and more mature each and every day is this whole idea of how do you leverage the data, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the touch analytics, whether it's the, the video analytics, and then the ability to potentially incorporate both Wi-Fi and mobile. And then what do right. you use to do with that data to, 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 you know, do something of value with? You mentioned experience. How how do you define and characterize experience? Like the experience can be what you see on the screen or what it looks like and everything else, or the experience can be just that was easy. I found what I was looking for quickly and that was a great experience because now I can go and pardon using experience too many times, but experience the uh, whatever <laughs> public plaza or mall or attraction that I'm at. You know, um, at the end of the day, um, people want to be informed. They want to be educated. They want to gain access to information in a very quick and efficient manner. And they will ultimately, they want to act. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're designing our software where when you approach a kiosk and you start to interact, you know, can you get off of it in less than 40 seconds and feel really, really happy about the experience? Mm-hmm. And you're on your way and you feel like you're on your way in an intelligent way. Um, so, you know, I always use the analogy, Dave, if you come to a property or a city for the first time, you know, you're going to be inclined to use our software. We at RoboIQ want to make sure every time you visit that city or that particular property, regardless if you know where you are and what is around you, because of your previous experience, you want to once again interact with our software. It causes you to want to come back. And if you're coming back, that means we're doing our job and adding great value to, you know, the customer, the property, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing your job, this is where repeat visitors uh, tend to migrate to like moss to a light. They they just know, okay, well, I'll start here to help me find what I'm, what I'm looking for. That's a hundred percent correct. And I mean, you know, our, our new brand promise is this whole idea of enriching lives through intelligent software designed mm-hmm. to move humans. And then we kind of elaborate saying both physically and emotionally. And that emotional mm-hmm. element is probably the most important one. So where where does your company start and where does it stop in terms of services and technology that you provide? So... Knowing that we're a software company that ultimately needs a digital display to add value and differentiate, you know, we're providing a fully integrated solution to a customer, which obviously includes, you know, the hardware, uh, the related installation, uh, the software, and then the ongoing maintenance. And to do all of those things, you need to wrap it in a bow from a project management perspective. And then ultimately, you're bringing this data element and this advertising element as part of the overall solution as well. So the customer looks at you uh, as a, uh, a one-stop shop. So we have that ability today. Now, obviously, right. you know we, we leverage partners uh, where that is their core business to add the ultimate value and aspects of the overall solution. But hopefully, that's transparent to the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm guessing 
that you guys would be happy as clams if you could just be a software company and not have to worry or really even think about hardware and just provide the specs that it needs to run on this sort of thing. But as you say, you, you know, pe people want one-stop shopping. They want turnkey. Yeah. But that does bring up a good point. I mean, um, you know, before I got here in May of 2021, we were predominantly uh, dependent on hardware. Mm -hmm. Of course, the last 14 months, we've made phenomenal strides in promoting mobile-only solutions. Um, so if you think about you know, something as simple as a, a smart city or a mixed-use real estate, yes, you're walking up to a kiosk. But as you exit that kiosk, you can scan or text to phone to basically take that exact same experience from the kiosk with mm -hmm. you on your mobile device. You don't have to download anything. It's considered a web app and off you go. Um, you know, we're also offering mobile only solutions, uh, which is kind of cool. So, you know, as we kind of penetrated colleges and universities and healthcare, we're not dependent on that hardware. You can get the benefits of our software just leveraging your mobile device, uh, which has been pretty exciting to see. And hmm. we look at that as a, a high growth vertical. So in, in theory, let's say on a university campus, you could walk up to a support column in, in, a, in a building and there'd be a QR code on there yeah. with a with message that says, having trouble finding your way, scan this and it'll launch your, your app and off you go. That's 100% correct. How do you, you make money about, off of that then? Well, that, that's all our software. So, okay. uh, you know, if you... If you think about, you know, the, the themes you're probably hearing from me is, you know, we're a software company. Yeah. And um, every time we're providing, uh, you know, value around our software, there is a fee for that. That's subscription base. Mm -hmm. uh, it's monthly. Um, and, uh, you know, it's based on the opportunity. So in, in a conventional setup where you are providing display hardware, uh, you would have a software license, a, a playout license for that display but uh, with a university campus or something like that, if you're not using physical displays, you would just have some sort of a site license for the uh, campus? That's 100% correct. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense then. I'm curious about wayfinding. It's uh, mapping for big public displays has been around, I'd say, at least a decade, maybe 15 years. And like everything, it's evolved. And uh, I, I saw... On your website, one of the things you talk about is three-dimensional wayfinding. Over the years, what has your company found in terms of what resonates with end users? Do they do they care about certain things like it being three-dimensional, or they just want something that's very intuitive and quick? It's I, I've kind of concluded it's all the above. Okay. Um, I think users today are smarter than ever. Um, they have a very high expectation in terms of the experience that they're, you know, aspiring to have. Uh, so they want everything. I mean, for us, uh, there, there's a lot of wayfinding solutions out there. Yes. So we always kind of think to ourselves, you know, what makes ours better than the next? And, you know, knowing that we emphasize experiences, how do we really promote a better experience as it, as it pertains to that whole wayfinding experience? So 3D, you know, not everybody does 3D. Most only do 2D. Uh, the whole idea of interactive, uh, that is a big deal. 
Um, and we obviously want to promote that fairly aggressively. But the one thing that we're really, really emphasizing, Dave, is this idea of hyper-local. You know, do we capture all elements of a property? So when an individual starts their journey leveraging our software, um, it's a great experience. They very clearly know where they're going. Uh, they can visualize the surrounding environment. And as they're going, there's no fear, uncertainty, or doubt about where they're ultimately going to get to because there's a high degree of confidence in that. So, um, you know, the hyper-local is a very important element to our solution. It could be as simple as a bench. It could be a tree. It could be the, the look and feel of the building. Um, you know, our UI UX team does a phenomenal job of, you know, configuring the property on a per deal basis to mm -hmm. make sure it looks and feels just like that property actually is. So uh, some of the areas you're in are like Point Orlando in Orlando and Miami Design District and, and so on. If uh, a shopping or mixed use kind of outdoor district like that uh, approaches you guys and says, we, we want to do this, uh, what all is involved? Uh, you, you were talking about the UX design and everything. Do, do they go on site or... or how do you how, how do they put this together? Yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's a lot of different elements, which makes it fun and exciting. But, you know, ultimately, it starts with a site survey where we walk the property with the respective owners. Uh, we identify those those high traffic areas. You know, we understand the goals from the owner in terms of, you know, what they really want from this hardware and software. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, you have to define, you know, the advertising opportunity as part of the whole digital out of home. Uh, sometimes it's a great opportunity. Sometimes it's just an average opportunity. In some instances, based on the location of the property, it might not exist at all. Mm -hmm. And then the last element is this whole idea of data. You know, data is becoming more valuable, like I referenced earlier. But, you know, each owner wants different types of data sets that's important to them. So as part of the onboarding, we define those data elements. But as we leave that site survey, we're kind of creating, taking all these pieces to the puzzle and assembling them into this picture that correlates to ultimately what they want, uh, which is a combination of hardware and software that are strategically placed throughout the property. Um, we've built out the software in terms of the configuration. So the experience as you approach the digital display looks and feels just like the property wants. I always use the analogy, kind of picture your iPhone where you, when you open up your iPhone, you have the various apps on the first page. That's no different than what we do for a customer as part of the configuration process. Uh, and then we build out the maps, mm -hmm. taking into consideration that hyper-local 3D concepts. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect, a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. Is, is the core goal uh, and aspiration is simply to 
ensure that people who visit a venue like a port in Orlando or whatever to just not be lost and frustrated or is it a little more sophisticated and evolved in, in, in the case of trying to influence where they, they might go? Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, I'm kind of chuckling a little bit because it's, it's, it's both. Okay. Um, you know, if you think about, you know, the whole idea of moving people physically and emotionally, you know, the physical aspect is the wayfinding. Um, and that is the emphasis of our software. But I mean, we're one of the first in industries to roll out augmented reality selfie. You know, I was on at the Avalon property um, in outside Atlanta, Georgia last week, and I sat on the property for three hours, Dave, and I watched people interact with our software. And 70% of the people were leveraging the selfie hmm. uh, and having an absolute blast with it in terms of, you know, what filter to use how many people to incorporate into the selfie picture. I watched them scan or text to phone and I watched them walk away giggling because they were so happy with the experience. Yeah, okay. So this is walking, yeah. this is walking in front of a totem. There's a camera it's capturing your image in front of the camera and then you're overlaying like mouse ears or whatever. That's a hundred percent correct. Okay. Yeah. I would say think Snapchat, think filters. That's the exact experience that we're promoting leveraging our software. Right. Yeah. And is that all just about the experience? Like I did this at this location uh, and it's going to brand it and say I was at Avalon and I, I did this fun thing and it's show, it's it's cascading out to that person's followers and therefore it's it's helping the uh, the Avalon brand. Complete, that's 100 percent correct. OK. Yeah. And then, then the, the, the other side of that is this whole idea, I'll just use this as an example, is this idea of like coupons. Um, think about the whole dynamic of a property wanting to potentially push more and more of the visitors to select locations or select stores. Mm -hmm. You know, think about the whole idea of, you know, I'm at Avalon for the first time. Where is Lululemon? You know, I leveraged the software to understand where Lululemon is from a wayfinding perspective. Lululemon then offers me hypothetically a 10% um, uh, coupon for today's spend. I scan that QR code. I work my way to Lululemon. I obviously make my purchase. I go to the POS as part of my, you know, my payment process and I get 10% off my total order. Mm -hmm. Lululemon's ecstatic that our technology drove people to their store. The visitor's ecstatic because they got 10% off and they weren't expecting everybody's happy. I mean, those right. are the ideal scenarios. So the next time that family comes to Avalon, they're going to be very inclined to leverage our software to understand what other coupons are out there. Right. Me, and that's it's, the it's got scenario. traceability too, right? That's hundred percent correct. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it, is that happening very often? People are using uh, the answer that? Is, is yes. And it's happening more and more every day. Um, you know, Rove IQ has only been around since 2016. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was started by two individuals that also had another company. So you can make an argument. It really was a hobby. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I came here in May of last year. Uh, it had very talented people. It just needed more direction and more leadership. And, uh, you know, we're adding new features every single day to our software to once again heighten the whole idea of creating more and more experiences. Mm -hmm. Did you know much about this space when you came into it? 
Yeah, you know, um, I do a little. I do enough to be dangerous, I guess. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I ran an IT solutions company for 19 years. Ah. I spent my last two years at an organization called Kroger, a rather yep. large grocery store. Oh, uh, I oh. ran a, yeah, it's a good yeah, size. That's correct. I ran a division called Sunrise Technology. And that was all about leveraging technology that Kroger developed in-house oh. and realized that it worked. And the ask of me was to take that technology and sell it to the global retail world. Uh, the emphasis of that technology was digital shelves inside a grocery store. Okay. So I took that same experience, you know, in that case, it was a digital shelf. In our Rove IQ world, it's a digital display. But the elements of the solution were very similar. Data, advertising, and experiences. Right. Uh, I noticed in the press release announcing the name change that you also make a reference to healthcare software that was coming. And I, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. What, so what, what is all that about? And is it now live? So uh, I've had so much fun, Dave, with the team uh, and uh, healthcare customers uh, working on this new concept. And it's going great. Um, so the premise is fairly simple. Uh, if you think about you know, the average experience today where you have to go to a healthcare facility tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, where, where these healthcare facilities continue to get bigger and bigger, uh, which from a, a patient perspective, it creates a lot of apprehension and anxiety around, you know, where do I park? What entrance do I go in? And how do I ultimately get to the department that I'm, you know, that I'm needing to go to? Yeah. So. Leveraging our legacy software, we have made tweaks where we are now integrating into their, you know, Epic and or Cerner, where, you know, essentially a patient gets a text the day of their visit. And that text uh, takes them from their current location to the correct parking garage via car, then transfers to foot from parking garage to correct entrance. And then con con continues from front entrance to actual department, mm -hmm. all leveraging a mobile device and obviously our software on that mobile device. And uh, needless to say, it's addressing a rather large problem in healthcare uh, that we believe with confidence we can solve. And we're pretty excited about it. Now, where does it stand? We're in pilots as we sit here today. Mm -hmm. which means we're learning every single day with a set of customers. And needless to say, our goal is to go live uh, with many customers as we enter 2023. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one because an awful lot of big healthcare complexes uh, started off as one building and ended up being 18 buildings and they're all kind of joined together and it's, it's confusing as hell to find your way around. And I, I, I can certainly respect the idea that, man, if I had something that just said, okay, go out this door, go down this hallway, go up three levels and turn right and left, and eventually you're going to find your way there because you, you might have to leave super early just because you know you're going to get lost. Completely agree. And if you think about, you know, the idea of hyper-local um, and, you know, our legacy software with these enhancements. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we can promote this unbelievable experience where you always feel like you know where you're going and where you need to go to get ultimately your end destination. Mm -hmm. And uh, from a customer experience perspective, you know, these uh, healthcare entities that we're working with, that working with today, 
you know, that's one of their big issues. You know, people need to feel good about where they need to go and how to go about getting there. Uh, Do you address language as well? It can be. The answer is yes. Now, we, you know, our current pilots, they have not asked for that, Dave. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, bottom line is uh, we definitely, our software has that capability. Yeah, I I asked that because years ago I, I, I had a meeting with a hospital in Toronto and it was in a very multicultural area of Toronto, although all of Toronto was very multicultural, but particularly so there. And uh, they had a roster of staff and volunteers who just handled all the, the different languages that came to the reception desk asking where the pediatric clinic was or whatever. And, and they would have to call people and say, we need somebody who speaks Lithuanian or uh, Tagalog or whatever it may be. And, and it was this monumental challenge. And I suggested at the time that, you know, you might want to look at some sort of interactive directory that you, you select your language first, and then it takes you where you need to go that way. And they said, well, that's interesting, but they, they wanted to just do wow factor. I, I can't do stuff in their public areas instead. And they're like, okay, fine. That's not going to solve any problems, but fill your boots. Yeah. You know, the, the bottom line is you want to make sure you have software that can kind of cover uh, the population. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the healthcare entities we're working with are defining that population. Well, needless to say, we're making sure our software can uh, perform. Mm-hmm. And, uh, since it's our own proprietary software, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of the capability and potential. Yeah, I can certainly see what you're describing as working well on university campuses as well, particularly for you know night courses and and part-time students who you know, aren't familiar with where they're going, and really the same thing in in airports. Yeah, you know the the airports for us, Dave, has been you know a tough market. You know it's 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 so competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a fair amount of rather large players. Um, don't get me wrong; we focus on airports, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not necessarily where we where we have generated the most success today. And their their airports are also pretty conditioned to media companies coming in and saying, "We'll put this in for free for you." That's hundred percent correct. I can play I can play that game all day every day. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I can play. It's just a matter of, can I compete? Yeah. You're, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to win too often when the other guy's saying like to co or whoever will, will, will put it yeah. in for free for you. Yeah. That, that's the dynamic we deal with every day on a per deal basis. I mean, uh, you know, based on the perceived, you know, digital out of home advertising opportunity that can create a free experience or that mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, be, you know, you have to pay for it. And then you have to pay for it. It has to generate the corresponding value. So those are the discussions we have every day. I'm guessing the majority of the opportunities that you run into and, and close are in some way uh, bolstered by advertising. And there aren't that many that uh, are, are purely just an informational display. You know, it's um, it's kind of interesting. Um you know, we, we've had a phenomenal 2022 and the characteristics of each deal really are so different, especially as it pertains to advertising. Um, and uh, there is no doubt when advertising can generate that ROI on its own, it makes it a very easy decision for a customer. Uh, but when that not when that's not the case, then it kind of correlates to what are the other value elements and is that important to our property? 
-hmm. And we're seeing that increase more and more, which has been exciting because obviously that's creating great opportunity for us. Uh, But there's no doubt, you know, the advertising is a big play here. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to do everything within our means to bring the best solution forward around advertising to optimize that ROI from a customer perspective. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned programmatic in your, in your press release. So are are you working with the many (laughs) programmatic companies out there? I don't even want to rattle them all off because there's so many and I'm so confused by it. Yeah. I mean, so our software, uh, because it's, it's, it's this platform and, and has this ad server capability, it, ha- it integrates into uh, programmatic partners. Okay. Um, and we're constantly looking at the appropriate programmatic partners and then obviously uh, incorporating those into our solution. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a big opportunity. I mean, this whole idea of unused inventory, how can it be sold in an automated fashion? Mm-hmm. You know, those programmatic, programmatic partners make that very easy to fill. A high volume, usually obviously lower revenue elements, but still important from a customer perspective. The, the, the company itself, is it um, private or are you publicly traded? No, it's, it's private. Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, it, uh, it's private. It resides here in northern Kentucky, right outside Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, the emphasis today is, uh, is, you know, within the United States, although we're always looking at, you know, growth outside of the U.S. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a fairly small company, but it's doing some really exciting and fun things. How many folks do you have working there? So we have 12 people today. Uh, uh-huh. I'm trying to grow that by an incremental three between now and year end. Um, we have about uh, 25 to 30 unique customers across five verticals. We have smart cities, uh, mixed-use real estate or lifestyle centers. Uh, we call it entertainment, but uh, the emphasis really there is sports arenas. And then college universities, like we talked about earlier, and healthcare. So uh, you now we're heavily focused on five verticals. All right. So if people want to know more about Rove IQ, where do they find you? Well, uh, our new website is roveiq.com, which in the last three weeks has gotten a lot of attention, which is pretty exciting. Uh, But they can also email me, which is pretty simple, pj at roveiq.com. And I can assure you, uh, you have my commitment that I'll respond and give it the appropriate attention. All right. Well, this was great. Uh, Congratulations on uh, growing the company the way you have. Dave, uh, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your support. You do great work. And, uh, you know, thanks for giving uh, Rove IQ an opportunity to talk about uh, what we do on a day in, day out basis. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 69 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 16.9 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 16.9, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 16.9 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible. And the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 16.9, the blog and the podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage for all kinds of businesses. 
You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.